There was a priest. He was driving home one evening and uh, he got pulled over by a state trooper. Right away, the trooper, he, he smelled alcohol. And uh, he asked the priest, he said, have you been drinking? He said, only water. And he looked and he saw all the empty wine bottles in the back seat. And he said, well, how come I smell wine? And he said, oh, Lord, he's done it again. <laughs> Have you been asking the Lord what's right with you? Amen. Huh? That was my challenge to you last week was ask, ask the Lord for one week. Instead of what's wrong with me, Lord, ask what's right with me, Lord. And watch him, watch him go on and on about how proud he is of you and how much he loves you, builds you up. I, I had a great time doing that. I needed it. But I had come, become too introspective, which I had mentioned to you before, and sometimes... You know, the, the Bible does tell us to do the checkup from the neck up. Examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can get so introspective that you can get yourself back under the law and, uh, and get in a bad place. Start feeling condemned and all sorts of weird things. If you let the enemy go to work in your mind. Amen. So I challenge you to ask the Lord, what's right with me? What's right with me, Lord? And boy, oh boy, we had a great time this week. He was basically, it resulted in the fact that I'm saved and everything that that means. Amen. That sozo, all-inclusive salvation, huh? Mm -hmm. That eternal life that begins at the moment we come to know the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, according to John 17, 3. That is the definition of eternal life. I've entered into that. I'm redeemed. I've been purchased. Blood-bought child of the Most High God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm anointed and powerful and blessed. I have the authority to use the name of Jesus Christ in every appropriate situation. So I'm saved and I'm powerful. And that resulted in something on. A response from me. I'm thankful. Amen. Amen. I want to talk a little bit about having a thankful heart. This side of the cross, since we just had Resurrection Sunday recently, Easter, this side of the cross, we Believers should be especially thankful people. Amen. Amen. It should come as a byproduct of the new life that we have in Christ. Just to be thankful above all people. Being thankful toward God is being spiritual. Do you think of it that way? If you will be thankful 
You can always know that with God, something is never nothing. I want you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 6, if you have them. Thank you for those that do. And uh, just put your finger there. Tell me when you find it. Because I'm going to read something else to you. So before I get into John chapter 6, that's the Gospel of John chapter 6, I want to quickly remind you of a psalm that was written by David a thousand years prior to John chapter 6, okay? You're probably familiar with Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He anointeth my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. <clears throat> Oh, I didn't want to come back. I think I went there for a minute. <laughs> now, I want to talk to you about John chapter 6. Keep Psalm 23 in mind. I just wanted to refresh your memory. John chapter 6. <clears throat> Let's see if I can skip anything. Well, not really. You know me. <clears throat> I'll start at verse 2. How's that? And a large crowd <coughs> was following Jesus. Nothing unusual here. Because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. This is, this is in John. And it's unusual that this is in all four Gospels. Because in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it's usually, it's, they're synoptic. They're, they're, they, a lot of, they have a lot of the same, mostly the same story. John does not. But this is one that's in all four <clears throat> so they were following him because they saw what he had been doing on the sick. Verse 3, Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now, the Passover, the feast of the Jews was at hand. Verse 5, lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, I ministered on this not too long ago and I picked on Philip a little bit because he was always one that saw the lack, remember? Yeah, I'm not going to pick on Philip today. And when I see him, I'll apologize. <coughs> Philip said, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this, is, he said this to test him, that people... The, he said this to test him, for he himself, Jesus, did, that, that is, knew what he would do. 
Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what, what, what is they for so many? He almost got it right, and then there he goes into unbelief again. And Jesus said, so let's just look starting here at the 10th verse. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place. Have you ever noticed that when you're reading this? There's nothing in the Bible that's there by mistake. So in verse 10, Jesus said, have the people sit down. <clears throat> now there was much grass in the place. <clears throat> so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. So there was many, many thousand more than that with women and children. Jesus then took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed, when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated so also the fish as much as they wanted and when they had eaten their fill he told his disciples gather gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost so they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments that nothing may be lost uh, with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. And then Jesus realized they were going to come and try to make him king at that time, and he slipped away from them. But I want to talk to you a little bit about that. We're still on the subject of being thankful. In the 10th verse, <clears throat> Jesus said, make the people sit down. Have them all sit down. In Greek, the word there is to recline or to lie down. It also says that there's lots of grass in that place. Who cares? Why, why is that in the Bible? Nothing there by mistake, right? Can I just suggest to you that Jesus is revealing himself here to us as the good shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures. The 11th verse, the next verse, John 6, 11, it says, when he had given thanks, <clears throat> it was very simple here in John's gospel. Now, the other gospels, you can, you can look through them, but all they say is he looked up, blessed them, and broke the bread. But not any of them did it say he went on and on about the need being so great. He didn't say, Daddy, please, <laughs> and beg him. No. He didn't look at the need. He didn't look at the small provision. He looked up, and he was thankful. Hello? He celebrated what they had with praise and thanksgiving. It sounds like a very simple thing. But this is how you turn a little into a lot, folks. It's a kingdom key. I have a gigantic keychain. And I love teaching you about the keys to the kingdom. Because there are a lot of spiritual laws at work. 
just like gravity is the one we use an example of. It's here for our good to protect us and keep us all from being astronauts, I said last week. But it sure can hurt you if you don't learn how to respect it and work with it. The same with all the spiritual laws that God put in place for your benefit. What you don't know is killing you. God said so, my people will perish for lack of knowledge or lack of knowing me. Look up, bless what you have, and be thankful to God. Now, don't turn it into a doctrine where everybody, oh wait, you're not looking up, look up. <laughs> no, it just means get your mind on the Lord so you know who you're giving thanks to. Amen, or oh me. It'll work on anything, folks. He provided more than enough. That's El Shaddai. That's Jehovah Jireh. More than enough. What's it say in Psalm 23? I, I shall not want. My cup runneth over. Hello. All the things that the prophets and the, and the people with the special endowment of power from the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament got to have glimpses of into the spiritual realm. We know him now. Mm -hmm. You see? Praise God. Amen. It works on your health. It works on your finances. It works on all your provision, your relationships. He's the good shepherd. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's El Shaddai. Don't focus on your need. Consider the things he has already done. Yes. Amen. Don't let thankfulness be the first thing that you lose when bad things come upon you. Hold on to it when nobody else would. Hold on to it when the world tells you you're foolish if you do. Nobody would blame you if you didn't. Don't listen to them. They're not your friends. I'm not saying they're the devil. Don't go tell them I said that. They just, they're, they don't understand the keys to the kingdom. Either. They don't know God well enough to be advising you. Now you do know. Amen. Amen. <laughs> When you've done all you can do to stand, when hard times come, what are we supposed to do? Stand. stand. Just stand firm. Times of refreshing are on their way. That's something that I've leaned on for 15 years. No matter how bad it gets, every minute that passes by, the joy of the Lord wells up in me more and more and more because I know times of refreshing are on their way because it's a promise from God. Amen. This too shall pass. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. And it was said by a faithful God. Amen. Isn't that sad that Jesus, when he gave us his peace as a gift, in John 14, 27, on that faithful night, he had to say, peace I give to you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. In other words, he didn't want you to have to doubt it or worry about it. Will he take it back? Is he serious? 
these days, you know, and the only, you know, you can still meet some old timers that, you know, they, this is a contract and it meant something. Mm -hmm. They told you they're going to be at church at 10 o'clock. They were sitting there at the quarter till, you know, nowadays, oh, something starts. I tell somebody I'll be there at seven. Uh, then that, I guess that I should leave the house around that time. <laughs> that's not that's not how it should be Bible says a righteous man should swear to his own hurt and change not you say it you should mean it anyway I'm just meddling now I guess <laughs> you know we're generally courteous people in the south Dan you've been here long enough to when you got here you were probably like what the heck <laughs> Yeah, you're from Jersey, right? Or some way. No, not Jersey. Philly. Philly. Philly Dan. Yeah, it's still funny words. Yeah. No, I know. I, I know. Believe me, I know. I know guys with your sort of background that are from the other place, and they do the same thing. Listen, your home's in heaven now, brother. <laughs> but when you got here, weren't you freaked out? Like, what's it, what are these? They, they want something, right? Like. I don't trust this guy. He's too friendly. <laughs> Open my door. What, what are you? <laughs> but we're generally pretty friendly down here in the South, especially Texas. Yeah. We're still proud of that. My mother said, I'm first of all, most proud of being a Texan and then an American citizen. <laughs> she loved it. So we're pretty courteous in the South, but thankfulness is, uh, what we're talking about today, it's not a, about good manners. Good manners are good. Huh? Yeah. But the thankfulness we're talking about is a spiritual weapon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It goes backward, forward, and in the present. I always say God's working in all directions at all times. Mm -hmm. He created time. He's not controlled by it. Mm -hmm. Your blessings go up. I mean, your, your thanks goes up. Your praise goes up, blessings come down. Amen. Amen. These are just things that you can count on. Amen. But you got to believe it. Eh? Amen. First yeah. Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, "But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He won the victory. He is winning the victory, and He will win the victory. What He did, He's still doing." How do I know? Look at this. 2 Corinthians, just a page or two, a uh, few pages over. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, But thanks be to God who in Christ always, in the Greek that means always, <laughs> leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Always. Got a question for you. Are you thankful today because you got your victory? Or are you, did you get your victory because you were thankful? Do you get what I'm saying? Being thankful because you already got the victory, that's not so hard, is it? 
but believing for it when it looks like it ain't gonna happen is much harder warfare. I told you it's a spiritual weapon though, didn't I? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about warfare. You're in a war, folks. You are in, whether you know it or not or agree with it or not, just, you know, if you, if you don't believe it, just assures that you're gonna suffer some loss. <laughs> Unfortunately. That's why we try, we, we, we're growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. This is gonna be the only thing left when all of this is gone. Hallelujah. Amen. Being thankful will produce that victory, though, if you hold on. Praise, your praise and thanksgiving, you know, it stops and stills the enemy. You know, I mean, there's, there's nothing better than just getting rid of the enemy out of your life and out of your business and out of your body and out of your finance altogether. But sometimes you just need to put a halt to whatever he's trying to do first. Does that make sense? Stop it! Getting rid of him is the best. And we can do that. We have that authority. We can't get rid of him out of this world because he's the God, the little G, of this world for a time, isn't he? So you can't just, just, you know, I heard uh, Kenneth Hagin, Daddy Hagin say one time, he said he had a, a preacher come up to him and ask him, he said, I, I just want you to pray for me. He goes, of course I'll pray for you. What do you want me to pray for? He said, I just want you to pray that the devil will never bother me again. He said, what, you want me to pray that you'll die? <laughs> because the devil has the right to be here. Unfortunately, for a time. In this world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, Jesus said, because he's overcome the world. Amen. Glory to God. Sometimes we just need to stop him to keep him from making any further progress. It's important to think thankful thoughts. Now we're going to get into this mind business a little bit. You know, the problem with psychology and psychiatry and the, and the, uh, and the, all the scholars, uh, the, the, what the Bible calls the Greeks, you know, not picking on Greek people. I, we love, that's my favorite food actually. <laughs> but they just always thought they were smarter than God. But the problem is we need to thank thankful thoughts toward God because self-pity is deadly. And this is a culture that desperately needs to know that and they need to hear it from the pulpit because you're not going to hear it on uh, television networks. Ever. <laughs> Matter of fact, you're not probably going to hear it in too many universities these days. Matter of fact, first thing they want to find out is what sort of a victim you are when you get there. Please do share. That's going to 
be part of your identity from now on. It's going to make you entitled to some things. And that is so terrible. That is not God, folks. That is not God. That's making a culture or a government into a God. Uh-huh. Here, we'll, we'll label you as this or that or the other. And then we can be your God and your source. You say, well, why would I want that sort of demotion when I have the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and I'm just an ambassador here? It's not my home. Everything that God has is at my disposal. I'm one of his children. Matter of fact, he's got my picture in his wallet. Amen. They asked Billy Graham if he had ever run for president. He said, why would I take such a demotion? <laughs> Matthew 16, verse 22 through 24, familiar passage of scripture. Peter, who always makes me feel so good about myself. Jesus had been telling them again for the umpteenth time what was going to happen to him. And they still act so shocked and surprised when he did. But he'd just been telling them what was going to happen to him pretty soon. And Peter takes him aside. Jesus, here, come, come, come here, come here, wait, wait. <laughs> takes him aside and began to rebuke him. Bad idea. Bad, bad idea. Don't ever rebuke the Lord. <laughs> he said, far be it from you, Lord. In other words, no, no, this, this can never happen to you. This shall never happen to you, he said. But, you know, the real translation in the Greek, I, I just remember this, but it says, this shall never happen to you, Lord. What he's, what, how it really translates out, what it reads like is like, pity thyself. No. <laughs> but in the 23rd verse, Jesus turned to him. He said, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. And just a few verses earlier, he had told Peter he was going to build his church upon the, the rock of revelation that he had given him, knowing that he was the Messiah. Not on Peter, which some false or hurting religions have made entire doctrines out of. He didn't mean Peter, your name means rock, and I'm going to build a church on that rock. No, the rock of revelation of Jesus Christ being the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the cornerstone. Amen. Amen. Anyway, those of you who that affected in your earlier life know who I'm talking about. Don't we, May? This shall never happen to you, but Jesus turned and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. How many times have I ministered on the resolve of Jesus to fulfill his destiny? 
no matter how hard it was. And, and, and as the time grew near for him to be taken up to heaven, as in other words, as the Passover was coming and he knew he was heading to Jerusalem for all these terrible things to take place, he really set his mind, he set his face, he, he, he resolved to complete his journey, his destiny. And what he's telling Peter here, hey man, you're trying to appease the flesh. Of course nobody wants to be hung on a cross. But this is why I'm here. This is what I came for. Yeah. Amen. If I don't go to hell, you will, boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Was that too subtle? We've been talking about walking in more power, which is just a natural chain of events. I think after we get through Resurrection Sunday and then we, we go through this time when Jesus was ministering for 40 days on the earth after he was raised from the dead and then they were all waiting for the promise from the Father in Jerusalem. Till that 50th day, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came. But I want to tell you, you want to start walking in more power and victory in your life. Start by letting the Lord fix your thought life, for starters, and learn to be thankful. You can start right there. That's the best place to start. You know, people always wanting great revelation. God and I, I thank God that He has done some wonderful things with me. I, you know, I've seen Him and I, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I, I know He loves me. I heard it because He said so to me. You know, but He doesn't want me relying on all those things. This, this is what we are to rely on. Amen. Amen. Or oh me. People want great revelation. They think they have to, they, I know preachers that think they have to come up with a new, they have to have something new and, and, and great and some revelation that they got straight from the Lord every week. Otherwise, you know, and so they end up taking scriptures and they make weird, weird messages out of them. <laughs> I'll take a, they'll take a scripture and they'll make it into a paragraph and then they'll go, you know, and, and, and I'm not picking on anybody. But I'm just saying, I, I can listen to some of my favorite people. I can, I can be with them for three or four days, like sometimes we do in these conferences and things like that. And everything that they minister, I have ministered before, generally. This is nothing about me. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. But not only that, but I've heard it ministered from the generation before them. And, re and video recordings of the generation before that, and tape messages or, re or, 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 or transcribed messages all the way back to Smith Wigglesworth and people like that. You see what I'm saying? We've been hearing from the same throne for a long time. Jesus told me, he said, son, everything that you need to know about your ministry, I taught you in the first few months of your real salvation. Now, 
do you grow in those things? And of course, you know, you, you never know it all. But I'm just saying, what, what happens is people, we've got thousands upon thousands upon thousands of preachers. I, I had a very good friend that called me last week and he said, man, Lord, what's right with me? I love that message Sunday. I'm stealing it. I'll give you credit a few times. And then it's mine. And I said, hey man, if it's revelation to you now, it's yours now. I wish the whole world would preach it. But what you have is you have thousands upon thousands of ministers out there preaching revelation, someone else's revelation. It's the same message, but they don't have it. They don't know it. It's not, the light bulb hasn't gone on to them. You see? And it's okay. I mean, you, you, when you, you hear a message, maybe you find, hear something today. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. And it's, it's anointed. I can, you know, it, it, it causes my spirit to rise up and it brings joy in me. That's God, right? And, and so, but what you need to do is you need to go meditate on that. You need to go underline those scriptures in your word. You, you need to go talk to the Lord about it. That was awesome, Lord. And talk to me more about that. And watch and see what happens. Next thing you know, it's just part of the truth that is part of you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now it's revelation. You can preach it anywhere. You don't have to give me credit. I don't care. I'm dead. One of the things that a woman of God gave my wife when we were first truly born again, or at least I was. I don't know about her for a minute. <laughs> she is now, so I can say that. She'll tell you the same thing. She grew up in a Pentecostal church, so she was a little more hesitant. In her words, we were all going to hell anyway, so we just thought we might as well enjoy it, according to them. So she had religion to get over. I, I, I went some, but I didn't really ever listen, so <clears throat> I hadn't been too, too affected by the negative parts. But this woman talked to my wife about her mind. And she turned her to Philippians chapter 4, which is a good place to go. <clears throat> I'll start reading this to you in the fourth verse. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. There we go. That's good. Again, he said it twice. Rejoice. Let your reasonableness or gentleness be known to all men or to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Now listen, why is this good stuff? If the Lord gives you an instruction, then he's given you the grace to do it. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm an anxious person. There's grace for that. I, I'm just, you know, I'm a, I come from a hot-blooded, uh, you know, whatever. Some people say, what, Italians or what, whatever you want to say, you know. 
and people claim it in every culture, I think. But we're just hot-blooded. We just we yell at each other. We curse each other out. That's just how we are. No, there's grace for that. Hello. Let your reasonableness or gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord's at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Let your request be made known to God with thanksgiving. Why? Because Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, believe that you have what you pray for when you pray and you shall have it. Now, what's the world say about something like that? That's nonsense. How are you going to believe you have something when you hadn't seen it yet? Let me see it and I'll believe it. God says, no. <laughs> believe you have it. If you're praying according to my word, he makes some assumptions here. I'm not talking about backslidden somebody who just doesn't care about God, doesn't know his word, doesn't, doesn't believe, you know. You can't go believing for your neighbor's wife or his truck or whatever. God will read the lottery for you. He's a good God, an honest and holy God. It's got to line up with his word, amen. But then if you pray according to his word, you know that you have what you have prayed for, John said. That's, man, that's powerful. So why don't everybody just get their prayers answered then? Unbelief. You don't even believe what you're praying for half the time. Or we. I, we, I include myself. Because, it, it's, and I don't want to. I don't want to claim that or speak it over myself because it's sort of a curse, so I apologize. But that's the, that's the reason. We don't need more faith. We, we need less unbelief, right? Some of our Bibles are written wrong, so we don't know I, what I'm talking about there. The nearly inspired version, which God introduced himself to me through, says that wrong. When, the, when they came down from the Mount of Transfiguration and, uh, and the, uh, the young boy was there with his dad and his the epileptic and threw him into the fire and tried to drown him and all that stuff since he was little and and he said hey I brought this I brought my son for him to for you for your disciples to heal but they couldn't do it and Jesus said how, how long am I going to put up with y'all bring him to me he healed him and then later on they asked him how come we couldn't do it and he says because of your unbelief some translations say because of your little faith. That's not true. We all have the same measure of faith. Now it's like a muscle. You have to work it out. You know. <laughs> uh, I got off. So. <laughs> With thanksgiving. By prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. Verse 7, listen to the promise that comes with that. If you'll do that, if you'll go and pray, and, and, and when, you, when you feel anxious or fearful, if you'll suppress that and reject it and run it off, in the name of Jesus, I recommend praying in the Spirit. But because you know it's not of God, run it off and then pray and believe 
and be thankful. And he says, look here what he promises in verse 7. And the peace of God, the same peace that let Jesus sleep in the back of the boat in the middle of the hurricane. <laughs> the same peace that let Jesus walk through the crowd that was trying to throw him off the cliff at the edge of the town. He just walked right through the midst of them. The same peace that he gave us as a gift in John 14, 27, which surpasses all understanding. That's how awesome that peace is, Dan. You know you want it. We all do. Amen. Grandma and mama, that's all they ever asked for for Christmases and birthdays when in my whole childhood. Just a little peace. <laughs> if I knew what I know now, I could have gave them a key to the kingdom. Amen. That's pretty sad, too, because Grandma, Daddy, Big Daddy, was a pastor. <laughs> Still didn't know where to find her peace. That's what religion will do for you sometimes. Verse 8, finally, brethren, sistren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, this is what got to vomit. She said, if God said to do it, then he, that means I have the ability to do it. And this helped her to be free. She probably couldn't name all these. This gets in different translations. I use about five or six different translations of the Bible. So I can't even quote this all the time myself without looking at it. But she knows the core of it, you know? Focus on the good things and not the bad things. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's anything that's excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Amen. If God said to do it, he's given you the ability to do it. Amen. Amen. Why is it important to protect our thought life? Because our lives will go the predominant way of our thinking, won't they? It's a, the law of sowing and reaping is going to be in effect as long as this earth is here. When thoughts or seeds, seeds of thoughts germinate or conceive, they will bear fruit. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, doesn't it? And death and life then are in the power of the tongue. You do the math. Proverbs 23, 7 as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So the scripture is a little longer than that, but just those 10 words. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That means, what are you thinking about? That's where you're going to, you're thinking and speaking your future today. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. But, 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 <laughs> but how? Well, first take responsibility. Take responsibility. As someone who has a, a part to play in the relationship that you have with God, that Jesus made possible. And find out what he says about everything. I love Ephesians 5.10, some translations, it's very simple. It just says, find out what pleases God. When I saw that, I said, oh, that means I can. God works in mysterious ways. We just never know. That's a lie. That's a lie. All the treasure, he says, in this book is hidden here for you. He wants you to find it. He wants you to be a treasure hunter. 
an adventurer with him. Seek me. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. What the prophet Jeremiah said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans of good and not of evil. Plans to give you hope and a future. He's a good God. Amen. Take responsibility. You know, the Ephesians always use as an example the first three chapters talk about all the benefits of our salvation. There's only six chapters. The last three chapters talk about the responsibility that come with those benefits. Now, if you get the cart before the horse and you try to do all the responsibilities and try to be a, to a, a do to be, in other words, I have to do all this to be accepted by God, then you're going to miss him. But if you take all the benefits and you, and you apply those benefits, because that's the grace of God. The power and ability, the blessing and the favor of God at your disposal. If you'll take the hand of faith and reach out and obtain or grab hold of all the things provided by grace, they'll become effective in your life. Grace is a teacher. It teaches us how to live godly lives. It doesn't allow us not to. That's ridiculous. <laughs> if I, if you were, if you had a little boy about that age where he needs to sweat and learn how to work a little bit, and you can say, say he's 15 years old, I don't know, I think I was driving a tractor when I was younger than that. And you said, I have, uh, I want you to, I've got, we've got the, the lawn tractor out here. I want you to take that thing down there and mow that acre on the corner, which belongs to us. And you, and you drive past there four hours later, and that that boy's out there with a sickle. Anybody know what that is? Yeah. Boy, I, I was on the working end of one of those too many times when I was a kid. And he's out there mow, trying to mow that lot with that sickle. That's how God must think of us sometimes. See, man, I've given you all the authority and provision, protection, and blessings, and love that you need. All things pertaining to life, this life and godliness have been given to you in Christ Jesus. Amen. The provision is in the promises. Amen. Amen. But do you believe it? God calls for some replacement therapy when it comes to our thought life, doesn't he? You can't stop thinking negative thoughts by just trying harder in your own strength. This is a, this is a, this is a little freebie for you. You have to replace them. Yeah. You replace them. Take the thoughts that produce death in your life in all its various forms, negative thoughts. And you replace them with thoughts that produce life. God's stuff. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, 
Don't be poured into the mold of this world. You're going to be poured into somebody's mold. It's either going to be this world's mold or God's mold. And you have to choose. Hmm? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. By renewing our minds with God's word, love, peace, we have the truth needed to destroy the strongholds that the enemy tries to construct right here between your ears. Yeah. yeah. That's where he comes. That's where the enemy always comes. To your mind. He isn't, he's not a creative being. He always uses the same tactics. He doesn't have anything new. He comes at your mind. And if he can put a poisonous thought in there. One of bitterness or unforgiveness or rejection. Or, or guilt and shame and condemnation. And then if you keep meditating on that. He will fortify that and make a stronghold. He'll make a fortress which he lives in or controls to keep people out. You notice sometimes you go to your friend, you say, hey, listen, man, I need to talk to you. you you're not doing so good, bro. You, gotta, you, you need to, your life is going the wrong way. And I'm here to tell you I love you and I care about you. And I, I, you need to fix this. You know, sometimes they'll look right at you and go, I know, but what? <coughs> I know, but you need to get your butt out of the way. <coughs> That's a stronghold. I know it's wrong, but I've convinced myself I can't do without it or it's better than Pardon me. <clears throat> ah, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says that we destroy arguments and every lofty <coughs> opinion raised against the knowledge of God, against the truth of God's word, and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You see? You have the ability to do that. That means you need to put this in so that everything you come up against every day and hear from all the, the garbage of this world, you're running through the filter of God's word. And you accept or reject based on that and that alone. Amen. This is the only truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul said, I don't care if I or an angel comes and tells you something different than what's in the scriptures. It's a lie. And he cursed them, actually. <coughs> ah, sorry about that. You want more power? Give away what you've got. Be a thankful person. That's easy. My mother used to say, it's easy to... You, you want to... <laughs> She said, for a young man, you can, you can smile and have good manners and, sh and clean your shoes and your fingernails. That's all free. And it'll take you a long way in this life. <laughs> <laughs> and stand up straight. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but anyway, 
That was Mama and her philosophy. Give away what you have. Be a thankful person. Keep your focus and your mind on Jesus and his promises. Thank God for every good thing that you do have. Hmm? Give away what you have. Lay hands on the sick. They will recover. Amen. I don't see too many people healed. Jesus said, believers, that they would lay hands on the sick and recover. Well, how many have you prayed for? <laughs> how many funerals have you tried to mess up? I can tell you I haven't tried to mess any up. I told you last week, Smith Wigglesworth kicked a baby off the stage one time, and when they caught it, it was healed of that big old tumor. My faith is not there yet. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> These days, <laughs> I don't think your ministry would be, <laughs> you'd have so many lawsuits. <laughs> I'm not into kicking babies anyway. <laughs> but old Smith, he, he loved people too. They said, well, you hurt. What do you hit people for? <laughs> you punch them in the back, punch them in the stomach. They're always healed. He said, I, I love people. I hate the devil. And sometimes they get in the way. <laughs> Share just try to set captives free. Give away what you have. You have the truth of God's word. Be like Jesus in Luke, in, in Luke chapter 4. He said that's what he came for. Huh? Everything that he was and he did, that's who you are now if you have Christ in you. You know, we walk in victory whether we walk it out or not. We have the victory in Christ, don't we? Yes. Okay. And do you realize that as a, a soldier, because that's what we are, we are soldiers for Christ, your, your, your name doesn't mean anything. You, your name <laughs> doesn't mean anything. And I don't mean, I mean, I just told you, Lord, ask Lord, ask, Lord, ask Lord what's right with me. And he does love you. And he has, you're created different and special. And there's lots of wonderful things about you. But in Christ, as a born again believer in Christ, your name means nothing. It's not my ministry. It's not my church. It's not my anointing. It's not my gift. You understand what I'm saying? This is important. I died. And the life that I now live. Is hidden in Christ. So. The devil really should never even be able to find me. To try and make me sick. <laughs> when he looks at you. He, he should just see Jesus. Or Adam. I hope it's not Adam. We can fix that today. But if you're born again, he just sees Jesus. And if you show up in, in Ephesians chapter 6, God gave us a present, didn't he? His own armor. If you show up in God's armor, the devil won't even know if it's you or Jesus. How does he know? 
Well, quit sticking your head out and saying, it's me, devil, please don't hurt me. <laughs> I want to create disciples here, and I'm finished. Oh, there's nobody to play the keys. <laughs> we want to create disciples here. That's what we're doing, aren't we? Yes. That's what God wants. I'm not trying to protect anything that I've created. I mean, you look around, it's not, you know, it's not, it's in the mega church yet, but, we, you know, I, I have no, I've had access to all that. I've had all those offers. I've been in some of those settings. It's, that's not what I'm about. I just want to do what Jesus wants. Mm -hmm. I belong to him. Amen. I was sitting in that nice big new office with the brand new fancy church with all the classrooms and the theater. And he said, are you ready to take up your identity and me alone? I said, yes, sir. He said, get your stuff and get out of here. Yes. Mm -hmm. Never looked back. And that's just one of the things. And, and I, that's not the point. It's just, this is not about me. I don't have to protect anything that I've built because it doesn't belong to me. It's just this church is this belongs to Jesus. You're his sheep. I have to give account. Yes. As someone who watches over your soul, and I take that. You know how seriously I take that. John Wesley, they asked him. One time they said, how do you get so many people to come and listen to you and show up and listen to you? He said, he said, I, I, I just catch myself on fire for God and they come and watch me burn. <laughs> Not literally now. John the Baptist talked about his cousin, Jesus. He said, I, will, I baptize you in water. But one comes after me. I can't, I'm not even good enough to buck with his shoe. He said, he's going to baptize you in fire. Holy Ghost. I want to create disciples. I want to preach myself out of a job. That's real job security right there. You know why? Because God will take care of me. If I'll build his kingdom, I'm going to be a kingdom builder. Yes. I'm going to minister and create disciples as long as the Lord gives me breath to do it. Amen. My faith doesn't rest in me. It rests in God inside of this earthen vessel. As Christians, as, and I'm finished. <laughs> as Christians we are the only people in the world that can say our God lives inside of us Amen. Amen. out of 4200 religions in the world or some of them that, that's special folks that's very special and like Peter we can give away the Blessings and the power and, and, and never be depleted at our source. Remember Acts 3, 6 when they were going up to the temple and the lame guy was standing there and said, but Peter said, I have no silver or gold. He was begging. He said, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he did. 
you can do that same thing. So, Peter did not have anything that you don't have if you saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's impossible for me to ever lack because Jesus Christ is my shepherd. Amen. I am healed to be a healer. I am saved to save others. I am blessed to be a blessing. And I'm ready to get on with it. Amen. How about y'all? Yes. I'm saved. Say this after me. I'm saved. I'm, I'm powerful. powerful. And because of that, I'm thankful. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love the Lord. We thank the Lord for this day. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your precious word and promises and growing us in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would put it on the hearts of anyone here or listening by any other means in any other place at any other time. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would love to get that taken care of for you today. It's a free gift. You just have to receive it by faith. If there's anyone here who has not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you feel like you're being called to that, just raise your hand right where you're at. Something else Jesus told them after they he had been ministering for them for 40 days after he was risen from the dead. He said, now I'm going home to be with the Father. But you guys don't go anywhere. Don't go minister in my name. Don't go try and do anything. I know you think you know it all, Peter. And you, you saw more than anybody else the whole three and a half of your ministry. But you're not prepared until you receive the gift the promised Holy Spirit. And I want you to wait here in Jerusalem. So they wait around another 10 days and then it came. So, and there is a, that's something that we all need, especially in these end times. I've been preaching for 15 years that because as the Lord showed me, the end times bride is gonna be adorned with power and love and victory, walking in you know, all the gifts of the Spirit will be flowing and there will be time and time and time again well, we'll face situations just like Moses did. It'll be you throw down your rod and I'll throw down mine and we'll see who God approves. And you're going to need everything that God has at his disposal. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you'd like to, just raise your hand. All right. Praise God. Well, I love you all. I thank you all for being here. Thank you for indulging me today. We... I don't know if we went long or not. I, I don't ever time anything. And I just let the Holy Spirit have his way. So, But I know your minds can only absorb as much as your seats can endure. So we're going to cut it short today and uh, let you go. But I hope to see you all again real soon. We love you all. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you've been here today and you come back one more time, we consider you a member. So just keep on coming. We love you. God bless you. Father, thank you again. I just speak a blessing of favor and love and power and victory and peace and joy and provision over everyone in this midst. Let this word take root in their hearts. 
so that it will bear fruit in their lives, Lord. Let it become revelation knowledge to them so that they can help others with the same help they've received. Healed everywhere they hurt, empowered by your love and promises, loved by you, and love others with the overflow of that, and that they be prospered in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Amen.